Um, thank you guys uh, for the surprise this morning, uh, for my, honoring my family, and, and, and just uh, it's 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 always a pleasure to serve. Um, but before I say anything else, it is uh, my pleasure to ask the speaker for today to make his way up here, because I get to I get to relax today. I get to receive today, right? It's always nerve-wracking, like, whenever you get closer to Pastor's Appreciation Month, like, when they choose to pick a Sunday, who's going to preach on that Sunday? Because, you know, this is, this is important. And I told Dennis this morning, like, are you preaching this morning? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, okay, that's good. I'm, 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 I'm good now. I'm good. I'm, I, I can breathe now. I can breathe. Thank you. We love you, Pastor. We love you, Pastor. Any time that we could take something off your shoulders, that is, that is an honor for us to be able to do that. And so thank you, for, uh, thank you for letting us make you sit down today. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. So uh, I'm, I'm, I joke about being five minutes. I'm not going to talk a long time because we got something special that I think is going to bless you more than just listening to me say something. So I hope, I hope, I hope. And we got to be a little bit of element of surprise, right? Amen? Amen. So today I want to, I, I do want to talk to us. I got something for you as our pastor, as our pastor's wife, but I got really something for our family, right? The rest of us, the rest of us who don't have to bear this title, this office of pastor, right? Those of us who are just, can I say sheep? We're sheep. So... I don't really have a title for today. I mean, it's just past appreciation. But if I, if I had a title, it might be like how to be good sheep or, or something like that. But, but we don't have a title. We're just going to talk about some of those things. And you know what? I thought it might be, might be fun, I, but I, I was a little, little on the fence about Should I do an impersonation of a pastor? Should I do an impersonation? I don't know how that would be like. like I don't know. I don't, should I do it, Camille? Should I do it? They're not ready for it. They're not ready. They're not ready for it. But I'm so excited. I'm just so excited. I'm so excited in this moment. In this moment because I have a new Marine story. Maybe, maybe, maybe some of you have heard it before, but that's okay because there's some new faces. So it's new for you, right? Amen. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But no, 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 no. Let me, let me get back. Let me get back. Let me get back. Okay. All right. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> they, they say flattery is the sincerest form. Uh, impersonation is the sincerest form of flattery. But that's what that was supposed to be. I hope you're not offended. All right. I do have a story. Not a Marine story. There, it's, it's about this guy, this guy who on Sunday morning, he's laying in bed, it's time to go to church, and, and he's still in bed. He's, and his wife comes to him, and he says, Honey, you need to get up and go to bed. It's time. We're going to be late. You need to get out of bed. We've got to go to church. He's like, Honey, I, I'm not going today. He's like, what do you, Don't be silly. What do you mean you're not going? Of course you're going. Get out of bed. Nah, I don't feel too good. You feel fine. Get out of bed. Let's get ready. Let's go to church. Well, can we, can we maybe go to a different church today? 
Like, what are you talking? That's ridiculous. Why would you want to go to a different church? He's like, well, so the thing about that church is, you know, that I'm not sure the leadership really likes me. And you know, there's this couple who, who they look at me funny all the time, and, and I really don't think people listen to me. So, I mean, I can't, I mean, can you give me one good reason that I should go to church? And the wife says, well, for one, you're the pastor, and the people are expecting you, so get out of bed and let's go to church. <laughs> now, our pastor's never felt that way, right? Never, ever, ever. I know every Sunday he just springs out of bed and he's excited to come to church and he's excited about that. But it's, it's tough being a pastor. It's a lot of responsibility being a pastor. You're in the spotlight. You're, you're under a microscope. People expect certain things from you, right? You have to be perfect all the time. You have to always say the right things. You have to, somebody comes to you with a prayer, you got to pray the perfect prayer. Or they have a problem, you have to have the perfect advice. Pastor, where's this scripture? You need to know where that scripture is. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. I just want you to think about that for a minute because the rest of us have it kind of easy. We just kind of live our lives, we do our things, and we have a problem, we need God, and we show up at church and we say, Pastor, can you help me? It's kind of like going to the doctor, right? Doctor, I have this problem. Can you help me? And, and he's expected to do something. And that's, that's okay. And he, I think he likes that because God's called him to that. And if God hasn't called you to that, then you shouldn't be doing that. And, and we know that. So, but there's pressure. And, and there's pressure like Mondays are the worst. And I say this, and I'm not saying this because you know, I've had conversations with pastors and they share personal things with me. I just know enough. I've been there myself. I've talked to other pastors. When you're, when you're, your Sunday's a big day, right? It's the biggest day of the church. For them. And he's, he's ministering. He's prepared all week. He's given his message. And, and, and then Monday comes. And even if it was a great Sunday and the message went great and people responded well and people got saved, lives were changed and the spirit of the Lord fell, Monday hits. And the devil will come and, and make you doubt and question everything that happened. Did I say the right thing? Oh, I should have said this. Oh, I said that a wrong way. Someone's going to get offended. That person, they, they responded, but I don't know if it's really, they really meant it. Or how come this person wasn't there? Maybe they don't like us anymore. Maybe they're going to another church. All these things, that's what Mondays are like. And so it's, it's the pressure. The pressure is real. And, and we just finished a series on the spiritual battle, right? The battle. This is part of the battle that our pastor deals with. And, and I'm sharing this just to let you know. Because if you've never been in ministry, how many of you have been a pastor before? Okay. So maybe you don't know. Maybe you know a pastor. You've kind of experienced a little bit of, this, of, of behind the scenes. But Mondays are tough, and there's doubts that come in, like, just like the rest of us. All of us question. All of us have insecurities. And I just want you to know that your pastor is not immune from that. Okay, so keep that in mind. Keep that in mind because we're going to get into what can we do as sheep. All right, a lot of times we, let me read a scripture and then I'll, then I'll continue because we got to get scripture, right? What's the point if we don't get into the word? All right, so if you would turn with me into Ephesians 4, we're going to read verses 1 to 13. And the beginning part of this is for us, the sheep, and then it gets into the end. It tells us a little bit about what pastors are supposed to do. But most of it is, is for us, okay? So Ephesians 4, 
starting at verse 1, reading all the way to verse 13. And this is Paul writing while he's in prison, by the way. He says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. This is to all the church people, not just to the pastor. Live a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope, for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and in all and living through all. However, He has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ, and that is why the Scripture says when He ascended to the heights, He led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to His people. Notice it says he ascended. That clearly means that Christ also descended into our lowly world. And in the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. But he gave gifts to his people. Now these are the gifts. Christ gave to the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God, God's Son, so that we may be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So what's he saying there? He's saying that we have to live in certain, certain ways, but God's given the church, us, the sheep, a church, God's church globally, Gifts, gifts that God has given to the church, we always think about as, oh, like tongues or uh, prophecy or all these things, right? These things that we can do as sheep. Here it's saying the gifts of the church are the people he's given us to help us do our work. Prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Those are gifts that God has given us to church. Our pastor is a gift, and his responsibility is to not do the work, but equip us to do the work. Did you catch that? Right, so pastor, teachers, prophets, evangelists, their job, their responsibility is to equip us so that we can do the work. So he's up here preaching. He's teaching. He's giving advice. He's giving, uh, you come to him for counseling or whatever. He's trying to equip you so that you can do the work. That's what his role is. I think he's doing a good job at that. You? Amen? So... It's, it's, I kind of think of it like, maybe like a physical trainer. Anybody ever been to the gym or had a physical trainer before? You hate your physical trainer. Why? Because they push you, right? The, no, he doesn't, they don't take excuses. The, 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 a physical trainer, he's got a goal in mind. He wants you to be in shape. He's, he's maybe worked with you, asked you what your objectives are. Right? Maybe, hey, do you want to lose weight? Do you want to bulk up? Do you want to run a marathon? Do you want... He knows what you're trying to get to. And he's going to push you to train to get to that goal. In the scripture that we read, 
There are a couple goals that are mentioned. Did you catch them? It's in the end. In verse verse 13, it says, this will continue until we all come to unity in the faith and we have knowledge of God's Son so that we will be mature in the Lord. So the goal for us is to have unity in the faith, to be mature in our walk with Christ. Now, maturity is a process, right? We, no matter where you are right now on the, on the spectrum of maturity, you may be new to Christ, you may have been serving him for 20, 30, 40 years, but you're still maturing, you're still learning things, right? And the pastors and teachers, they're, they're helping you. They're on board with that goal. They want us, they want you to be mature. That's what we're going for. So when the trainer comes to you and says, hey, I need you to, I need you to lift 200 pounds today. And you're like, oh, I don't feel like it. I don't want it. You know, you don't want to, but the trainer knows that we agreed on this goal. We got to get you to this place. So he's going to push, and you're going to hate him. <laughs> you may not like him in that moment, but when you're running the marathon, when you're winning the race, when you're, get, when you're hitting your goal and you achieve that objective, you're going to celebrate with your trainer, right? Because they pushed you. They know you're going for that goal. It's a, little, it's a rough road sometimes, but that's pastor's job. Pastor's job is the trainer to keep us focused on that goal. And, you know, there, there are some gyms, like I, I may not... I'm afraid to say the name, but Planet Fitness, is it like the gym that, that, that you, like the gym you want to be a part of just because you like the idea of a gym, right? But they don't, you don't really care about getting in shape. What, what do I mean? What do I mean? I mean, it's a no judgment zone, right? They have Pizza Tuesdays. They... They have a lunk alarm. A lunk alarm is if somebody's working out too hard or grunting or making too much noise, somebody will ring this alarm. It's like offensive to other people because I don't really want to see someone else doing well because it makes me feel bad. All right, now let's talk about the church for a minute. I would tell you this church, God help us if we ever get to be a no-judgment zone. This is not a no-judgment zone. Let me say it again. This is not a no judgment. You will be judged. I'm telling you, you're going to be judged. But it's our job. The Bible tells us. You, I mean, everybody likes to focus on the scripture. Don't judge me. Only God can judge me, this kind of thing, right? But no, there's also scripture that says that we need to judge each other. We need to judge ourselves. When we commit to the body of Christ, we, when we sign up and say, this is our church, it's not just I'm going to come here every Sunday because I like Whatever. I like the worship. I like the preaching that day. And then when you change your mind, you stop coming. When you commit to a church, you're, you're coming faithfully, you're serving, you're giving, and I'm going to say it, you're submitting to the leadership. And you're submitting to each other. Like we're in this together. We're in this together. You hold me accountable. If you see me doing something wrong, keep me accountable. Now, if you come at me in some kind of, you know, way that I perceive is not in love or maybe I'm not in the right attitude at the time, that could happen. That could happen. And I just ask that you forgive me because I am human. You are human. 
All right? You are going to make mistakes. Someone's going to try to come to you and say, hey, can I help you out? Let me kind of show you a little bit about how you can maybe do things a little differently. It's all in the approach, yes, right? But the fact is we're all committed. We have to keep each other accountable, right? Are we, are we, who is in for that? Who is, say, yeah, I want to be accountable. Okay, it's okay if you're not ready to raise your hand. That's totally fine. But you need to know that's why we're here, right? This is a judgment zone. And, and we don't, we don't feel some kind of negative way if somebody else is doing well. If, you, if you're excelling, if God is blessing you in your walk, if he's done something miraculous in your life, we're not going to bring a lunk alarm and say, hold up, he hasn't blessed me, so he needs to stop with you right now. That's not how it goes. That's not how it goes. We celebrate with each other. We want God to pour out. He's got more blessing than any of us can contain on our own. So keep blessing. Lord, keep pouring it out. Pour it out. But this is not a no-judgment zone. And this is not the pastor who's going to just tell you what you want to hear. Okay? So let's talk about our responsibility. We already talked about accountability. I'm going to give you three things. Because I promised I'd be short. But three things, and if you're taking notes, I'm going to make it easy. They all start with P. The letter P, all right? Because that's what good speakers do, I guess, all the same letter, whatever. All right, our responsibility as sheep, okay, the first one is practice what he preaches. <laughs> practice what he preaches. We've got to put into practice. I know I, I appreciate um, in, the, in the men's chat, somebody, I think it was Al shared something about, uh, about, Judas, the apostle Judas, who had the best teacher ever in the world, yet he still fell away. That, you think about that for a minute. You, we could have the best teacher. Our pastor could be the best pastor in the world. And, and we love you, but you're not. No. <laughs> and you know that. You know that. So I know I could say that. But even, let's say he is the best pastor in the world, does everything perfectly, says just the right thing at just the right time, knows just the right scripture, and he can, I mean, you sp he speaks, you get convicted, you're like, wow, pastor, ooh, that was powerful. You could still fall away. You could have the best trainer in the world who pushes you to no end, and you could still end up as a couch potato. Why? It's not, it's not the trainer's fault. It's not the pastor's fault. It's our responsibility to do what we know we have to do. When we hear the truth, the Spirit's living in us. The Spirit will, will attest, say, yeah, that's true. I need to do that. When we hear a lie, we'll hear, no, that's not true. I'm going to stay away from that. But it's our responsibility to do it. We need to practice what we know to be true. All right, let's look at James 1.22. You might be familiar with it. It says, therefore, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. says. Otherwise, you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. You're going to a gym just because you like the idea of a gym. You're going to church just because you like the idea of being a Christian. Well, that was kind of hard. That was harsh? All right. It says... You're fooling yourself if you don't do what it says. 
Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls. And they're accountable to God. So give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly be for your benefit. Did you know that was in there? Pastor, the leaders of the church, our responsibility is to watch over your soul. We're not doing this because we want to make a name for ourselves. He's not doing this to be famous. He's doing this because God's calling. Yeah, he could do a lot of other things, right? Yeah, a lot of other things, especially on Monday. You're looking up the want ads on Mondays. <laughs> what else can I do? But the, it's, it's to look out for our souls, to know that we are all going after that same goal of unity and maturity. And so let's, let's obey what, what he says, right? Let's obey what the word says so that it's a joy for our pastor. He said it multiple times. You know, he preaches something and, and, and you go back and you check the scriptures and he's like, wait, pastor, let me make sure it says it. <clears throat> oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, carry on. Right? That, that brings joy to him. It's not, it's not a negative thing. When you're checking the scriptures, when you're confirming that what he's saying lines up with the truth of, of the word, that's a joy. That brings joy to him. So practice what he preaches. Number two, pray for our pastor. Pray for our pastor. There is, um, throughout Paul's letters to the different churches, there's different times where he asks for prayer. He says, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. One of them happens to be in Ephesians 6, right after, and this is perfect because we just did the battle series and we talked about the armor of God and how do you equip yourself for battle. And Paul tells in Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor and pray in the spirit on all occasions. And then after that, he inserts this in Ephesians 6, 19. He says, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. I'll say this on behalf of our pastor. Pray for him that whenever he speaks, he will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. That's, that's his heart. He wants people to know the gospel, to know the good news of Christ. He wants to make disciples. Pray for him that he could do that. And I'll give you some other tips if you want to write some things down. If you don't know how to pray for your pastor, if you're not convinced that you need to pray for your pastor, well, let me, let me start there. If you think he's doing perfect, then you should pray for him because you want to keep him on track, right? Hey, he's doing so good, he might get a big head. Oh, God, keep him humble. Keep him humble. We don't want him to be like out there, his head's so big he can't fit through the door. Let's keep him humble. If, and if you see something that maybe he could do better, pray for him. All right, God, help him with this area. Because maybe God's showing you something for that purpose of praying for him. Don't think you just heard it because, you know, oh, I like to nitpick and I see a problem, and then you complain about it. He showed you something, take it to the Lord, and then let God deal with that. But here's some other things. When you pray for our pastor, pray gratitude. Thank God for him. Pray blessings on his life. How many of you do? How many of you pray for a pastor? Oh, maybe I shouldn't have hands. Oh, he's looking. He's looking around. He's like, mm-hmm. Okay, I see you now. Okay, he's making notes of who he's going to follow up with. 
Pray, pray blessings and gratitude for him and his family. Pray for courage and boldness. It's, it's hard to say some things sometimes. Some people don't want to hear certain things sometimes. And it's, and it's difficult. So you've got to pray that he has courage and the boldness and to say it in a way that's in love. Pray that for our pastor. Pray, pray for clear direction from the Lord. We trust the shepherd. God's put him as a shepherd over this flock, the sheep. And we want God, we want to make sure that he's hearing from God. Don't we? Because if not, then it's going to be difficult for us to follow, right? If we start to question, uh, I don't know, Pastor. Pray that God will give him clear direction. Pray that God will renew his energy. It's exhausting sometimes to, to deal with you all. I mean, people, to deal with people, it's exhausting. <laughs> so pray for energy. Uh, and I know sometimes, speaking from experience, sometimes you just, don't, you just don't have anything in you to give. But there's scripture that says when you give out of your, your need, you give out of your emptiness, then you, your light will shine. And I know that when, when I've had nothing left, I feel like I have no energy, and I give, at the end of that moment, I feel like, okay, this was good. God did something through me because he takes our weakness and he makes his strength shine. He takes our emptiness and he fills it with him. So pray that God will do that for our pastor. Pray for increased focus and passion. He said himself he has trouble with focus. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, anything he doesn't know. Pray that he'd be focused. You know, as he's trying to do what God wants him to do, that he would not be distracted by the next shiny object or the next great idea or whatever problem comes up because there's, you know, a lot of distractions. Pray that he stay on, on focus and passionate about what God has calling him to do. Pray for wisdom and discernment. That he'd be able to know right from wrong as he's talking to people and counseling, that he'd be able to discern, okay, I don't think you're telling me the whole thing here. That he'd have wisdom in giving certain advice. That he'd know when to be quiet and back up and let us kind of just go our thing and make our own mistakes. Sometimes we all need to do that, right? But pray for wisdom and discernment. Pray for God's love and encouragement. Twofold. Shown to him that God would pour out his love and encouragement on him and Camille. And that he would be filled with that to be able to give to others. And then the last thing, and I don't apologize for this being a long list. The, the last thing is, how can you be a blessing? Ask God, how can I be a blessing to my pastor? Something specific. And that could be a number of different things. That could be, that could be showing up on time. That could be serving in something new you haven't tried yet. That could be writing an encouraging note. It could be making a phone call. It could be... Just offering to do something that, that he needs help with. Could be a number of things, but don't listen to me. Pray to God and see what he would have you do. And then how could you be a blessing? It might be just obeying what he told you to do last. <laughs> right? It's like, be, come on, man. How many times I got to tell you the same thing? Just do this. But pastor, I don't like that. What's, what's the next option? We're done. <laughs> All right, pray how you can be a blessing. 
And the last thing, the third thing here is pay back. Pay back the blessing. Pay back the blessing. There's a scripture in uh, Galatians 6 that says, Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. What does that mean? A pastor, anybody in ministry, you know it's like planting seed. It's like you're, you're farming. And city folks, urban folks, we don't, we don't understand farming. The only reason I know anything about farming is, is maybe because I've been to a farm once or twice, but also because I read the scriptures about it. Oh, and I have a, a garden outside my house, and every time I work on that little raised garden box, every time I'm pulling weeds or, or planting and watering, I feel like God speaks to me stuff about gardening. But anyway, oh, maybe you should get a garden box. Mark, you can probably talk. I'm talking. I'm getting all over the place now. Okay. But it's like sowing seed. And the thing with sowing seed is that it's not instant results. You sow a seed, you have to wait and wait and wait. And sometimes something grows. A lot of times nothing grows. Sometimes there's more weeds than anything that's useful. But it's, it's constant sowing and waiting and sowing and hoping and sowing and maybe reaping. And, and it's just, and it's, it's frustrating sometimes because you're working more than you're seeing the benefit of your work. I know for me personally, that's why I like to have something. That's why I like to paint. Uh, how many of you like to paint like houses and things? Nobody. No, not one hand. Not one hand. Hope I didn't just volunteer. Okay, a couple in the back. Okay. I like to do that. That's just my way of seeing like immediate results of something I can do. Or work on a cars or cut the lawn. Because you do it and you can see right away, yes. And you can sit back and you can enjoy the work of your hands. That's nice. What? Making PowerPoint presentations. Okay. Whatever your thing is, that's your thing, right? But it's, it's, like, it's like instant gratification. Ministry is not like that. Ministry is not like that. You know, sometimes you give an altar call and somebody responds. Okay, we got a response. But that's just a, a moment. We're talking about life change here. This, this business that we're in is about changing lives, about destiny. It's about eternity. It's about maturity. And... And that doesn't happen overnight. And sometimes you don't see any progress. It's frustrating. From experience, I'm telling you, it's frustrating. So how can we as sheep help our pastor who may be frustrated on any given day, probably 364 and a half days of the year? How can we help him? We can pay back the blessing. What does that mean? If we've been blessed by something he said or did, if Camille has said or done something that's blessed you, has impacted your life, has helped you in your walk with the Lord, has made a light bulb go off in your head, and you say, wait, I just know something more about God now. Now that's helped me. Then don't keep it to yourself. Do not keep it to yourself. Share it. Scripture tells us if you receive instruction in the Word, you should share all good things with the instructor. It's not just for you to benefit from what they've planted in your life, right? You have to share it. Let's just recap in case you forgot how you can be good sheep. Practice what he preaches. Pray for your pastor. 
Pay back the blessing. Amen. See, I didn't have to look at my notes. That's awesome. Love that. So while the kids are coming down, I want to read a scripture for you, Pastor. And I just want to leave you with one hopefully encouraging word. Uh, and this is in 2 Timothy chapter 4. In the summary, you just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> so I, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not, in season or out of season. Patiently correct, rebuke, encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming and is already here when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They'll follow their own desires and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They'll reject the truth and chase after myths. But you, you should keep your clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. I was at a track meet a little bit ago and I was listening to the race was going on and I heard the spectators, the parents and some of the coaches and some of the, the other athletes and they were cheering on the, the folks running the race. And there was one cheer that stood out to me and it kind of haunted me. And I, and I don't know why, but it, it, it's something I want to share with, with you today. And, and I just kept hearing this dad say to his son, amidst all the noise, he just kept hearing, you belong here. You belong here. And I know as an athlete, as a servant of God, as anything, you sometimes question, do I belong here? Is this really what God wants me to do? Do I have a place? Can I fit in with everybody else who's doing these same things that I'm supposed to be doing? Right? I'm not as good as so-and-so. I can't live up to somebody else. And you compare yourself with somebody else. But it stood out to me. Just, do you belong here? Pastor, I just want to share that with you. I said, do you belong here? You belong here. <laughs>